parents need to just wake up and realize our kids are getting information from so many different places. What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. My guest today, we're going to talk about drunk politicians because she just loves talking about this and I love talking about this. You've listened to me time and time and again. And Krista Hilton is the is a conservative single mom and entrepreneur in Portland, Oregon, and the owner of the brand Drunk Republic. You need to go check this stuff out because it's amazing on Instagram at the Krista Hilton. Krista, what's shaking? Hi, hey. thanks for having me here. Uh, I'm excited. I'm pumped up. I know. I mean, even beforehand, we were talking and uh, my energy level is like spiked through the roof right now because we're going to have some amazing real conversations. And I wouldn't even say that they're like political conversations. They're just real human no. conversations about people that happen to own or hold political <laughs> offices. Right. It's not <laughs> these types of convos yeah. are, are typically I, I hate when like, oh, you know, you're right, you're left, whatever. You know, but how about we just be human and just t have yeah. a real talk? Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yes. So, so how yes. are you? I'm good. I'm great. I'm just hanging out in rainy Portland. Super fun. That's interesting. I love it. How did you come to start the show, Drunk Politics? Uh, I had a business and it centered around helping uh, small business owners gain control of their lives again, like helping them with inventory and kind of finding the holes on where they were losing money. And when coronavirus hit, I just kind of had to shut down because all of my clients couldn't pay me because they had to shut their doors. So everybody had like a physical space. Um, but in order to try to help them, I read the whole CARES Act. And then I started watching all the press conferences and I was like, what the actual F is our government actually up to? So um, it just kind of kicked off from there. So after you read the entire CARES Act, which was long AF. Yeah I, yeah. I looked through most of it. I can't, I can't put myself up there with you where I read all of it, but I skimmed through so much of it and there was so many things that were just kind of hidden in there too yeah what were some of the yeah, things that I'm, stuck out with you they were like what the like how much money we give to different foundations that feels like they don't really need it um and the amount of money that just goes to places with no accountability and some of the studies that are done those always get me like um, like I just read, yeah, <laughs> like made up data or there's one actually we funded, it wasn't through the CARES Act, it was something else, but it was pigeons, um, gambling. And that was actually here in Portland, like $500,000 went to that. Why? Wait, wait, are you, you're Why? talking like the bird, Yeah. like, like, like bird. gambling on pigeons. What's a pigeon gamble? You don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> okay. It's like we're gonna, we're gonna make this. up this. Somebody on the team here, Google this and like, put it up on my screen, please, because we need to find this out and solve this mystery of pigeon gambling. It was before. at like it was at like Lewis and Clark College, I think maybe it was what? at one of the colleges here in Oregon. Yeah, it was really bad. Um Rand Paul does a Festivus report every year and he puts in like the most obscene things the government spends money on. And it was actually in his report. The pigeon gambling. That's so yeah. crazy. 
All right, we're going to figure yeah. out what that is. But this was in the CARES Act. Like it was dollars that were earmarked. I don't, this, I don't think this was in the CARES okay. Act, but just our out of control government spending in general. But that was for, um, that was in this year's like Festivus report. So I think it was in the last two years that we gave money to that. That's crazy. That's just crazy. Yeah. $500,000 to you're saying. That's insane. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that are that I know that are just embedded in some of these bills, like even in the $1.5 trillion bill that was just passed a little while ago, uh, that are just sort of there and nobody really reads through, but they're things that not necessarily hold up different sides or a bill from getting passed in, in the House or the Senate. It's just, mm -mm. it's almost no. like personal pet projects it seems yeah. of some members yeah. of the house of the senate mm -hmm. yeah they're just ushered right on in it's yeah. crazy it's crazy and i think a lot of it has to do with special interest and uh lobbyists and yeah. who's gonna scratch who's back and i mean the amount of money we spend doing that is crazy no doubt no doubt but with some of the things that are going on right now with with uh different overseas wars obviously with ukraine and all that i mean at the time we're recording this they just passed some more aid you know and it was interesting because uh <laughs> this was funny because i was on your instagram page and we're just on the heels of when president Zelensky addressed the u.s congress you know mm -hmm. and i think this was from that but can I, i'm gonna play this here real quick you know in <laughs> yeah. a completely low-tech way this was hilarious right the the articulate speaker of the house this this was funny and also just <laughs> WTF at the same time. But they know that we can't go there. Uh, they, Putin is trying to bait the trap so that the, we can't go in, and that's the beginning, could be the beginning of World War III. Uh, Putin, totally irresponsible, using weapons that are not allowed under the Geneva Convention. Putin, who uh, threatens use of chemical weapons, um, nuclear, and the rest. So they know that we can't, but it's the ask. Now, he was uh, this morning. Let's if we can't have an if we can't have a no-fly zone, let us have our own, and we need the airplanes to come in. That was just a portion of it. What is yeah. she saying? <laughs> the actual. <laughs> what is she even saying? Yeah. You know, she doesn't know what she's saying half the time. I know. Do, you know. How, how are we allowing this? I, I don't understand. How, are, how do all of the people in Congress let her speak and think, this lady's fine? Yeah, I know. And I was did you watch the State of the Union? I watch it every year. I did. Yeah. No, and, I did. And it yeah. was at the beginning of it. You know, and I'll say this out loud. It's okay. Out to the world. It's, yeah. it's okay. The first 20 <laughs> minutes of it when, and I, I completely respect the office of the president you know and yeah. even so you know with things that are going on let's be real even with ukraine russia these are really really tough decisions you know right. because they are decisions that could affect american lives and the weight of that mm -hmm. on anybody whether you agree with the 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 current president's politics or views on anything or not that's still just again it's human like i was saying 100%. the weight of those decisions is just insane yeah. And when he got up there and he started talking about some things, you know, at first, the first 20 minutes of it, I was, I was like, who is this guy? Because it was actually articulate and yeah. energetic and on point in almost things that you couldn't even argue with because they just made sense. 
that he was saying but then it was after about 20 minutes i don't know if his teleprompter broke or maybe there was an injection that wore off that was <laughs> that was the extent of his stamina <laughs> I, I know yeah exactly but that it it dropped off so fast and so that wasn't the weight of anything in that moment and I, i'm curious it's a you know, what is going on and how do we fix it? You know, this is what caused you to start your podcast to begin with was drunk mm -hmm. politics, you know, and is there something that you can see that's like a clear path this is a big question, a clear path to get back to how government should work for us as the American people? Uh, basically, all of the people in office right now just need to go like we need a new batch of people that are on the same page that actually care about getting things done for the American people. Cause I think there's very few left that haven't bought into the whole political career. I mean, cause I didn't really realize until I started doing this, that it's a whole industry. I mean, running for office and the, all of the campaign managers and like all of the things that back that is a whole industry. And it's a tr like a multi-billion dollar industry. It's not going away anytime soon unless we stop it. Yeah, I'm with you. I hear you on that. There's different things, you know, that have been proposed. You know, the president has a term limit, but term limits don't necessarily exist in, mm -hmm. in Congress. You know, there, there's representatives that have been serving for you know 30 years something like that same with senators so it's that a, shouldn't happen yeah it's a you start to lose touch with what's actually going on but i, I understand the yeah. ex, the experience factor because you've been in that role now for a while but still how do you inject the fresh perspectives when that's the well, case yeah i think there needs to be term limits and i think that if you have never worked in the private sector you have no business being in office because you don't really have a good, clear touch with reality. Like there's no reason that someone should major in politics and then have a career in politics. Why? Like you, you, you don't even know how the real world works at that point. You're not talking about I, our I think friend it's Bernie silly. Sanders, are you? <laughs> I mean, his ideas are cute. You know, they're like really cute. It's so cute that you think that you understand human nature. Like that's cute. But, like it's never going to work. Well, that's okay. He produces some good memes, right? Oh God. The glove fate was like just the best. That was the best. It totally was. <laughs> uh, there's a... There's something that I, I know that you, you talk about too, which is parents and school choice. You know, yeah. and I love talking about anything, both sides. I mean, on the show, just to hear people out, because I think that's similar to like Joe Rogan too, is I just like to, mm -hmm. to hear what people think. Yeah. So yeah. what are your thoughts around that? Because I know that you've got some pretty good ones. Um, my son is almost 12 and uh, we pulled him out of public school and put him in private. And I really think that the public school system has just absolutely lost their marbles and um, throwing a fit at school board meetings has worked for some districts when there's parents that care, but like in our district here in Portland, uh, no one attends the board meetings or shows up to watch even like on YouTube or the zoom calls or anything. Cause they're still not meeting in person. Um, or at least they weren't, but I really feel like 
Um, if everybody just pulled their kids out of school and talked to each other and we're like, okay, well, if we can't afford to go to private school, then we'll create like homeschool pods and we can share the responsibility. Um, but if we all pull out at once, like it would crash the entire public school system because they have, they can't survive without our money and they get money for each child. Yeah, they sure do. I don't know how it works in Oregon, but in the state of Illinois, which is where I'm from, which is you know very it, it, it leans left. We'll just put it that way. You yeah, know, there's uh the public school system is funded by property taxes, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's the same in the state of Oregon. Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It so is. Our uh, our kids are in an online private school. You know, and it's done with a lot of mm-hmm. self-paced videos. And then there's also some yep. live classes. They've been in it even before uh, the coronavirus pandemic, you know, about a mm-hmm. year and a half prior to that. It was the best decision that I think as parents that has ever been made. And yeah. it was fantastic. Now, I also recognize that that's not necessarily the case or availability for everybody, because even though it's not, it's not homeschool, it's really like online private school. And the yeah. costs associated with it can be bro- prohibitive to some, but it's not as much as like in-person private school. And mm-hmm. my kids are involved in theater and sports and a lot of other things. So there's never issues with socialization. That was like the, one of the biggest things that people start to judge on immediately. It's like, listen, yeah. they can go to Starbucks and invite their friends or go to a movie. You know, it's, it's, yeah. you can still see people. This is freaking 2021, mm-hmm. 2022. Okay. Yeah. But what I didn't quite grasp until everything hits Cause it, you're right. Cause it, but still taking our, our kids out, we still have to pay the same amount of property tax, whether our kids are using the public school system or not. There is no credit yeah. we get back. It's just an additional expense. Right. right. The, the, we don't benefit at all, but the way that it works is they don't get that money from your property taxes. Like they get money per student. So Interesting. If, okay. if they're like, let's say each student is worth like 15 or 20 grand a year. So that's, I mean, a lot. if like everyone that's pissed off, which is a lot of people pulls their kids out at the same time. I mean, enrollment goes down and they're hurting for money. The only reason they haven't hurt for money yet with all the kids that have come out of the school is because they were under like an emergency um, situation where they were using like 2018 or 19's numbers. Uh, But once they have to start using the real numbers, it'll be really interesting to see like what kind of a deficit the schools are actually in because so many people have just said, it. And I think that school choice is a great idea because then you're taking that money and you're able to get like a tax credit or whatever for the cost of that public private school. I mean, that you want to put your kid in. Yeah. So if the schools don't get the money, you're still being billed the same amount of property tax. Where does that money go? I don't know. That's a good question. Huh? That's a, yeah, that's so interesting. But getting <laughs> that money back to yeah, school choice, I can understand that I've exercised my choice. Because we do have a choice as parents, of course, to do what mm-hmm. we feel is best for our kids. That's just that's yeah. just freaking America. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I I think the the illusion and like the, the the delusion that people have that like the school system is put there to teach our kids like life. No, it's not. It's there to teach them math and reading and yeah. stupid shit like that. It, we're you don't need to teach my kids values really. Yeah. Like yeah. that's a, that's my job. 
Yep. I'm, oh my God. Yes. You're going to get me started on this right on, you know, and that's where the <laughs> dinner conversations come into play. And yeah. that's, uh, you know, cause I've even done, uh, uh, appearances on TV uh, on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox around bullying. You know, when, when that's, I mean, it's still a big thing in schools, but it's mm-hmm. like parents can sometimes abdicate their responsibility to parent their kids. And this is where I actually feel bad for the public school system because parents are not stepping up into their natural roles as parents and then could just pass that on and expect the administration of the public schools and the teachers to fill that role for them. You know, and that's allowing somebody else's views and ethics rather than what yours are as parents. Somebody's going right. to give your kids their views, their perspectives. hundred percent. hundred percent. Do you want it to be you or do you want it to be somebody else? That's the choice as parents. And that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with what school system they're in either. If they're in public right. or private school. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's 2022. And I think that like a lot of parents need to just wake up and realize our kids are getting information from so many different places. And if you're not actively talking to your kids about hard stuff, they're not going to know how to decipher that effed up information if they get it from school or they get it from social media or whatever. So the more that we are open with our kids, the better off they are. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you maintain that? Cause you have a 12 year old, you know, how do you mm-hmm. maintain that communication with your, with your dude? So dude, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Well, we live in Portland and uh, we lived downtown. And so we, he started seeing people doing drugs like on the street really early. And some people judge me for like allowing that to happen. And my dad's a drug addict. Allowing uh, and him to so see it? they were judging you for allowing yeah, him to see like, it. Yeah. Like being around like an environment where that like homelessness and the, and the drugs and all of that was taking place. And my rebuttal to that is, well, he's never going to end up underneath a bridge and he's never going to stick a needle in his arm because from an early age, we've just talked about these are people's life choices. This is why you don't have a grandpa that you see like this is real life stuff. And it doesn't have to be heavy. We as parents put our own shit on our kids. So if we're coming at it with like this heavy attitude and, oh, this is a really big deal, then that's what our kids are going to get from us. But if we're like, well, this is life, these are facts, and this is how we're going to move on from it. And maybe you don't want to do that, then they handle it a lot better. And so since we've had that open line of communication his whole life, he's come to me when he heard would hear something in his public school. Like um, one time his teacher told him that uh, Trump was holding kids at the border and taking them away from their parents. And I was like, okay, (laughs) well, since you want to talk about this, let's talk about the other side and then you can decide what you think. Right. And at the end of it all, he was like, so basically no one knows what's going on. <laughs> he was in like second grade or something. I was like, yes, yes, that is what I'm saying. Very good. <laughs> Kids are freaking intelligent, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, they really are. We don't give them enough credit. Right on. And that's just because you, you <laughs> I commend you because you just laid out all the information in front of your son and said, here, you pick. 
here's what every yeah. here's what everybody says is going on and of course you can go out and find everything else you'd like to research it yourself you can you've got access to google what do you think yeah and his response is that that's brilliant so basically <laughs> nobody knows what's going on yep <laughs> and that's why i started my podcast son <laughs> yeah uh-huh <laughs> so oh man that's incredible i, I love it you know so <laughs> Let's get into the entrepreneurship real quick. You know, yeah. you, you're an entrepreneur. What is it that you do as an entrepreneur? Um, well, I started this business and then I also do um, property management stuff with, I'm a partner in a property management company cool. um, and we just started a maintenance company. So I'm really ADHD and I like to have my hands in 17 different things at one time or else I don't feel like a whole person. So um, that's been my entrepreneurial journey, but I did own a salon for 10 years um, from like 19 to 29. And then I did real estate and I have done like, like, securities and life insurance and all of that um lots of sales but this is a journey that i like the best so far yeah. this whole like social movement that i have going on with drunk republic for sure and that's an entrepreneurial journey as well you know yeah. you, you said that you're adhd and i think as you said that i think i need to have there's so many entrepreneurs that say that they are you know and mm -hmm. i've never actually labeled myself that way there's people that told me it's like yeah you could be and I think I need to have an expert on the show about that because I don't know. Because if we weren't the way that we are, maybe ADHD is actually a superpower for an entrepreneur, if that's a real thing, right? So mm -hmm. to where we're able to see so many different possibilities at the same time, and we can actually go after 17 different things just to see which one, which like one of those 17 is actually going to work and let the other 16 fail. So that we can actually yeah. be successful and just crush it, you know, way beyond anybody else, just because that one thing worked and we had the balls to go after, to even think up 17 things and go after all 17 at the same time. Yep. 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 So you if know I'm who's ADHD, really great? Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know that I was until I was 20. I, was, I think I was 30. And uh, it all made sense after that. I was like, oh, so this, this over here isn't normal and most people don't forget these things. And I, you know, my brain developed uh, ways to make up for certain things. I had, you know, different routines and patterns that I had made up. And then I, and then I figured out like, oh, well, wait, my brain is actually processing things different than other people's. Um, the, the guy that, uh, created the Amen clinics, he's rad and you should probably get him on your podcast right. if you can. Um, he does brain scans and he doesn't diagnose anyone without doing a brain scan, which I think is brilliant because so many people nowadays are misdiagnosed. And I what think the big pharma, concept, huh? yeah, the big <laughs> pharma medicine grab is, oh, well, psychotherapy and med medical stuff, like just shouldn't mix. No, it should. If you're going to shove a pill down somebody's throat. So he's really into pinpointing like exactly what's causing your ADHD or your bipolar or whatever it's it is. It's so close to functional medicine. It's not attacking the symptoms or the surface level stuff. No. It's actually looking for the yeah. root cause. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So brain That's scans. Awesome. Yeah. He's brain rad. scans. Mm -hmm. I love it. Brain uh, scans. This show is ADHD today. We're jumping all around. It's so cool. So what's on your mind right now? Right now. What's next on your mind? <laughs> 
Oh, man. You know, what's on my mind was actually like, I don't know, a cinnamon roll. It just kind of popped into my head just now. (laughs) See? Exactly. Maybe you need to go. Maybe you should go get a brain scan. (laughs) Maybe I should get a brain scan. That's it. It's interesting, though, because I mean, we could go off of that. But even with, uh, you know, and this relates back to politics, too. See, see, this is coming full circle. It does. It it comes full circle. It does. A lot of political agendas are very much surface level and special interests rather than actually looking at the root cause of something. Now, I'm still taking everything into account when I say these things because there's a lot of weight on these decisions and there's a lot of complex issues. Some things are just not Mm -hmm. as simple as they seem. You know, even coming back to school over the course of the pandemic, it, it was... There are some, well, a lot really of parents that could depend on the public school system to actually be a caretaker for their kids. And I had never really looked at it in this perspective until all of a sudden those kids were just home and like double income houses where you had to have two incomes to survive all of a sudden had to figure out some kind of child care for their kid or figure out is one just one parent going to work now are we going to suffer or should the one parent go get a, a different job or work two jobs or three jobs because now our kid or kids are home because the schools mm-hmm. are shut down you know yeah. it, 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 there's complexity to a lot of these things mm-hmm. there really is i mean i think you know but we're humans and we adapt so we were thrown a problem and we just had to figure out a way to deal with it Like I was lucky because I worked from home anyways. Um, But, but allowing your child to like play video games all day because you have to work (laughs) isn't really sustainable either. So there was a lot of like, okay, like, oh, you know, are you doing your homework? All of a sudden we're teachers and we're trying to work. Like, yeah, here it is two years later and I'm forgetting because there was so much remote school that took place, you know, over the past couple of years for the public school system. But there was that two to three month period where there was like literally nothing. Some of the schools just straight up shut down, not teaching any classes whatsoever because they were not ready for something like this. Mm -mm. No, they weren't at all. I remember sitting and listening to my son's teacher. They were just, I mean, God love them. They really tried, but trying to get a bunch of like third and fourth graders to like pay attention is really something. Yeah. No kidding. So how has your son done in the past couple of years? Because he's 12 right now, right? What are some new concept that, concepts that he's become aware of during everything that's shaken down? Um, I would say that he's just become really aware of um, like self-responsibility. And um, I love that. And I mean... I'm his mom. So he clearly hears what I talk about all the time. So he just kind of thinks like the world is a little bit fucked, but not in a bad way, like in a, um, like in a, all right, well, we should probably pay attention to these things. And he kind of sees both sides to everything and reads between the lines really well. So I'm pretty proud of him. He's really brainiac smart in like a on the spectrum sort of way though. So he's always kind of analyzed everything like that. That's so cool. That's awesome how he's able to take a look at that. Uh, I'm <laughs> there's been talk, of course, because you see the the government in the state that it's in right now, and you yeah. see the school system in the state that it's in right now, and there's been a lot of concern, obviously, and probably, well, yeah, for good reason, with the generation that's growing up immediately. You know, and mm-hmm. the way that I see it, because you're describing your kids, and I know how my kids are. 
you know, the, the, again, they're in private online school and I even have them involved in things that we're doing right now. My older two, you know, like the podcast, my oldest literally edits the show. You know, he's learned That's awesome. Adobe Premiere <laughs> over the last two years, which is what movies are made of. I have made movies <laughs> in Adobe Premiere that are out there right now. Liberty Lockdown, Cybercrime, they're documentaries. You can find them on Amazon, Vimeo. They're out there, right? Real movies. And he's using the stuff that Hollywood uses. He's learned yeah. that at, you know, 13 years old and now almost 15. And my daughter is, she does the blogs for this show too, the blog posts, which are transcriptions. And so she listens to the whole thing. So they're embedded in what I'm doing. Yeah, and that's great. It's an amazing way to, to instill my beliefs in parenting and how I see the world mm -hmm. in my kids, just by yeah. them being in and around us. And I think yeah, that's something that's awesome. that you've got too, is just proximity. Yes. You're keeping your dude in proximity to you yeah. rather than shoving well, them off. Yeah, he's really interested in gaming and stuff. And so uh, it, he told me the other day, he's like, Mom, I don't know if I want to go to college. I said, well, <laughs> then I'm not going to send you to college. Yeah, right you on. don't know if you want to go. <laughs> but um, what do you want to do? And like you are in a unique position, Braden, because you can actually not ever have to work again if you play the next like six years right. So if you're serious and you don't want to go to college and you don't want to be beholden to anyone's schedule, then let's get going on something. So he's thinking of different like podcast ideas right now. And he's, um, he's learned how to edit videos also. Uh, so I think that's really inspiring and awesome that's <laughs> to so hear cool. about your kids. I know yeah. right on my, my son, my oldest son, he has even said too, he's like, um, dad, I think I want to buy my own house when I'm 18. You know, and this was like two years ago when he was 13 Super. or 12. Yeah. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, first there's just one thing I need, I need you to understand. I'm not kicking you out when you're 18. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, I just want, I just want to make sure the idea is not coming from that. You know, he's like, oh no, no, that's all, no, that's not what I'm thinking at all. It's like, it's just, <laughs> okay cool you know because you, okay. you wonder it's like where is this coming is it coming from a really good place to where it's like you it's like cool let's jump on something Let, let's yeah. let's rock this right rather than it's yeah. like what, what kind of bad environment am i creating i'm sure you've asked yourself yeah. that as a parent here and there oh <laughs> definitely yeah i've wondered that his whole life my his dad and i got divorced when um he was two but i was like okay we either work our marriage out we're together forever and we love each other and and all the things because we're not getting divorced when he's 15 or 20 right um or we just get divorced now and he knows no different and so his whole life i've been like did i make the right decision but then like a year ago he's like mom i just think it would be so weird if you and dad lived together i think i would hate it Wow. I was like, my job as a parent has been <laughs> you had, completed. You had, that, that's, you had vindication. And we're back to the kids yeah. see all, they they understand all for real. And yeah. they're really mm -hmm. on your side as parents too. It's not. Yeah. You know, well, yeah no, and we, and his dad and I get along great. So it, there's no like, oh, I couldn't imagine you guys fighting. I was like, no, we get along great. We got divorced and we we're like, oh, we'd never have to fight again. Yeah. Um, but yeah so it, he just knows both of us and was like yeah, no i just i can't imagine it yeah for sure so we've yeah. jumped around a lot here and we've talked about a lot of things but i want to send everybody it's it's cool that you've been featured on newsmax multiple times i've been on the i've been on their network many a time too and it, it just keep going you know drunk politics how do we find do we just search that on 
Yeah, Apple. yeah. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. Those are the three main ones. iHeart. I think we're on iHeart Radio, Radio too now. Um, so you can search us there, and then you can go to DrunkRepublic.co, and there's uh, links to everything. Nice. That's incredible, Krista. This was such a fun conversation, and just very real and human. Thank you. Thank you for having me.